everybody it's Simpsons time hey so um Lisa the beauty queen is interesting it is a very tight story um, what I would call a pretty conventional sitcom story made unconventional you know, through the addition of Krusty the Clown in the pageant and, you know, the, the scepter acting as a lightning rod and all that other stuff. <laughs> Bart wearing high heels. Um, but the show is taken almost totally off the rails and it's a miracle that it doesn't get taken off the rails and it stays true to the actual narrative of the story um, by all of the wild takes and wild gags that happen in this. This is really uh, exemplary of seasons four and five um, but this is, you know, the sort of wacky madcapness that happened, started to happen in season four uh, the pervasive influence of Conan O'Brien um who, to hear everyone tell it, was just a maelstrom in the writer's room and was, you know, always pitching crazy joke after crazy joke after crazy joke. And somehow the rest of the writers, or, you know, all the writers, including him, were able to shoehorn all of these crazy jokes into an easy-to-understand plot. Uh, yeah. And actually, you know, when I was preparing for the show and looking at Lisa the Beauty Queen I forgot that it was so crazy you know and that all of these um, more out there jokes uh, were in it at all because I what I remembered was um, you know the caricature at the carnival that convinces Lisa she's ugly um, the great interplay between Lisa and Homer, which we see in many episodes, but this is like one of my favorite ones that, that does that, um, where they really try to bridge their differences. And of course, the pageantry of the pageant itself. But we also have the, right at the opening of the entire episode, we have Skinner doing Kung Fu on the Disneyland lawyers. We have 
Bart trying to play three card Monty at the carnival and then disappearing literally in a puff of smoke. Uh, Otto running the Ferris wheel so fast that one of the cars launches into the school, which bursts into flames. <laughs> um, and throughout the entire thing, there are jokes like this. Some of my favorites are uh, the Duff Blimp gags, Homer's fantasy first about flying in the Duff Blimp and having, you know, all of the people spell out hi Homer with cards at the Super Bowl, etc. But there's, you know, the trend of wasting food that Scott Christian announces before going to Kent Brockman at the site of the, uh, the traffic spikes that Amber Dempsey has to put up, resulting in her uh, untimely, um, not death, but dethronement as Little Miss Springfield. I don't possess any Simpsons cells. Um, they're very expensive and they're hard to find really good ones, but the one that I aspire to own most is of the guy on the news pouring milk into the garbage can and that sort of glad expression that he has looking into the camera while he's doing that. Uh, that is the one that I would get and that I would put up in my kitchen, of course. This is written by Jeff Martin, who uh, was an early writer. Very, very funny. He is responsible for several of the best early Simpsons scripts, including Dead Putting Society, which, in my opinion, really elevated the series. Um, that is the mini golf one. But I really can't uh, discount Conan O'Brien's influence um, at this point, and the fact that everyone on the staff was pretty much, you know, taking the ball and running with it. Al Jean and Mike Reese would do it uh, with The Critic, which they were already starting to scheme at this point. And they were the showrunners of this episode. And it really became kind of the province of Dave Merkin as showrunner when he took over. Um, to His thing was to try to pack each episode with, with as many gags as possible. Um, what do I love? I love always Bart dressing up in costumes and the um, some mostly very subtle suggestion that Bart is either gay or kinky in a way that a 10-year-old boy in a sitcom, you know, you wouldn't really <laughs> lend credence to. But he does dress, he does uh, teach Lisa how to walk in high heels and he does that great Betty Grable pose. Um, you know, with like looking over his shoulder. Hey, I'm beginning to think I could win. Um, I love that. Of course, I love uh, Krusty running on to the Little Miss Springfield pageant with seconds to spare, not even knowing what event he's, he's singing for. 
and you know all of the music in that thing it just it, like I cry with laughter literally every time I watch that Little Miss Springfield which one will it be me <laughs> adorable and hilarious at the same time um the little Indian girl who is related to Apu, I guess, is probably Sanjay's daughter. Uh, I don't think we see her again. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I think the reason why is because Yardley Smith does her voice, and it would just be, you know, a little bit too weird. She has too distinctive a voice to play anybody besides Lisa. Um, the song at the end when Amber Dempsey is crowned, Amber Dempsey, by the way, voiced by a woman named Lana Williams, who has a couple other little bit parts in Simpson that she was the assistant to Al Jean and Mike Reese. She was just, you know, someone in the office who was offered uh, a voice gig. Presumably she's also an actor because she did a great job. But I actually don't know the background on that. Um, when Krusty starts to sing the Little Miss Springfield song, "L the Losers in Her Wake, etc., that gets me every time as well, because you can imagine how long this song is going to go on. How many letters are in the phrase Little Miss Springfield? A lot. Uh... Another wacky gag is the baby goat sucking on the bottle, which happens twice and is a mistake in the news broadcast. And that is how the episode ends, in fact. It's been such a whirlwind that we're almost not ready for it to end. But, you know, before we know it, Homer and Lisa are sort of snuggled up in front of the TV and... She explains to him that, you know, what he set out to do to wit, you know, make her feel better about herself, he succeeded in. And that is, you know, where the whole satisfaction of the plot lies. Kent Brockman, meanwhile, is supposed to air his interview with the Pope and they show the goat sucking the bottle instead. The end. <laughs> um, anyway, three cheers for everyone involved with this one, and especially for Homer for giving up his ticket on the Duff Blimp. Um, we all love Hey There, Blimpy Boy. Everyone loves that, especially the sad Hey There, Blimpy Boy after the fact when he is pantomiming with the pickle. And I have to say, I also love that Homer knows one thing about women, and that's that you can compliment them, and you get rewarded. Either with giant Sundays or with lawn mowing. You name it. Tea is for her tooth-filled mouth. 
tea is for her tooth-filled mouth. This has been Simpsons Time. And this has been Simpsons Time Through the Deep Regulator. I'm Amanda Nazario, and I appreciate your fandom if you are indeed a fan of this podcast produced at WFMU under the aegis of WFMU a wonderful radio station in Jersey City and possibly the best radio station in the world just a little note that I was thinking of just now re-listening to that Lana Williams, who I mentioned, was the voice of Amber Dempsey. Soon after this, became a producer and writer on The Drew Carey Show, uh, which is always a highlight of my uh, weeknight watchings of Laugh TV. (laughs) If you don't know Laugh... Uh, you are definitely missing out a lot of uh, 80s and 90s TV that makes you laugh. A little bit. Um, <laughs> that's going to be it for me. Join me next week for another episode of Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. In the meantime, if you want to go back and listen to other music and other uh, selections by me, you can check out Nazario Scenario, which you can access at wfmu.org slash playlists slash an. Thank you.